I'm Stacy. I'm Jenny. And this is Learning for Life, a homeschool podcast. We are two homeschoolers who use different methods, curriculum, and strategies to make it all work. Our goal is to help parents teach kids how to develop a lifelong love of learning. Welcome, everybody, to the Learning for Life podcast. Welcome back. We are so glad you guys are joining us today. Yes, and thank you to everyone who has rated and subscribed and follows us on Instagram at Kids Learning for Life. We really, really appreciate it, and we love connecting with all of you. So today, Stacy, do you want to talk about what we are, will be discussing today? Yes, so today we are going to talk about kind of a year in review, looking back at our homeschool year this year. And this year is even more important for us to kind of look back and reflect on what we've done, because this year was pretty crazy for everybody. Well, Stacy, how would you sum up this homeschool year if you could only use one word to describe it? Ooh, okay. So for our family, I would have to say one word to describe this is going this year would be solitary. We had a lot of family members that were in that risk group due to COVID. Um, You know, this year COVID was crazy for everybody. So for us, it was more solitary. We didn't get to go to a lot of our activities that we used to go to. Um, We, I feel like we we didn't see family quite as much. So it was a lot of just solitary confinement. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad for me to think about. You all very sad and alone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had each other and, you know, we we got to see you guys, of course. Mm -hmm. So... There there was, you know, at least we had some kids their age, so it wasn't like my our kids were totally solitary from, like, anybody. But, it, you know, it was just a lot harder to not – I mean, and a little bit boring, honestly. You know, um, my kids were in, like, a Ninja Warrior class uh, last year, and they weren't this year. So, you know, we just didn't have – I felt like I never had to leave the house sometimes. Right, yeah, I totally get that. Well, if I – had to sum up my homeschool year using just one word, I would use the word rethink. And I don't know if that's in the correct... Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if that's in like the correct tense or whatever, but um, it was definitely solitary. Like you were saying, all of that applies to me as well. But there were so many changes that were just completely out of my family's control. And I really just, we had to be really, really creative and think of new things. I mean, and it, it wasn't just global issues like a pandemic. It was also like, okay, now I'm homeschooling two school-aged children instead of just one like last mm-hmm. year. And oh, and now I have a toddler, not a newborn baby. So I have to keep things out of reach. And now I'm working full time. <laughs> How do I put get homeschool implemented in my everyday life? So these are just all things that I really had to get creative about and rethink how I was even thinking about homeschool, quite honestly. So um, yeah, just a lot of growth has happened in this past year and in, in, in this past homeschool year, but just year in general. And yeah, lots of growth, good stuff, but it's it's been hard. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can just relate to that. You know, it's been hard. You know, I'm sure people can relate to the solitary. I'm sure people can relate to they had to kind of rethink what they're doing. Um, so if you are listening and either of those words helped to describe your year, no, you're not alone. 
we're making it through everybody that's the good thing like you know this is a year end review it does seem like things are starting to turn around mm-hmm. hopefully knock on wood but so we are making it through yeah and you know everyone has experienced a lot of change this year so we just kind of want to highlight ways that we have homeschooled and kind of persevered in this year of change. And like you were saying, I think things are looking up. I'm feeling very, very optimistic for the future. Me too. That's great. It's like a Disney movie over here. <laughs> I love those. Oh, um, oh I know you do. <laughs> if, if you don't know that, everybody, I, I love Disney movies. I love Disneyland. I love all things Disney. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, Stacy's so. a big Disney buff. Speaking of which, no, not speaking of which, that has this has nothing to do with Disney, but <laughs> it might make you happy like Disney does. What curriculum did you use this year that worked really well? Yeah, if I could find a Disney curriculum, I'd be all over it. And I know there's like a couple different like unit study things that you could put to I could put together myself and whatnot, but if if Disney came out with a curriculum I, I, well, I don't know if I'd actually use it, but <laughs> it'd have to be really good. Right. But, <laughs> you know, curriculums are so, I, I'm very picky. And, you know, even when you do find one, you, you take little pieces here and there. So anyway, to get back to your question, Jenny, um, what curriculum did I use that worked well? Um, basically, my reading and math were very key. Um, again, I have a TK first grader and second grader. So reading and math are still a very hardcore focus for us. That is something that even with all the changes and everything, I don't want to let slip. So those things I really take seriously and make sure that we're getting through that. So my reading curriculum is all about reading and math is primary mathematics. Um, Another thing that I do, and I thought this has really helped as well, is we do what I call morning work. And it's kind of the first thing they do in the morning. It's intended to be independent work so they can uh, get this done all on their own. But it's an Evan Moore daily fundamental workbook, and there's one for each grade. And so I use this with my first and second grader and then also a handwriting book. And I use that with my first and second grader. Those are really nice because the handwriting was something I also wanted to focus on this year just to give them even because they they already knew how to like write all their letters like we did all that. But just kind of fine tuning it and having that extra practice was really important this year. Mm -hmm. So we used that every day and the daily fundamentals I loved because it had like an ELA section at the top. So it would go over pronouns, it would go over verbs, it would go over all those sorts of things. So kind of like grammar, it had like a grammar section. That's cool. And I then love a, that. A, yeah. And then so on each day, it would have a grammar thing, a quick little math question. And then my favorite was the bottom, it was like a reading comprehension question. So they would have to read a small passage and then answer the question. And those, I think, were, I mean, along with the all about reading curriculum, but having those daily little reading things, I think really helped with my kids' reading comprehension. Yeah, I think that's cool. I I love the idea of creating habits and routines with homeschool specifically. And um, I've always been really interested in that workbook, the Evan Moore Daily Fundamentals workbook that you found. So kudos. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing that I really used um, pretty consistently 
is a online curriculum called iReady. Um, our charter school uses it. They use it more for like testing and assessments, but then it also has lessons that the kids can do. Mm-hmm. So I would really rely on this sometimes on like really crazy busy days for me to know like, hey, go do a reading lesson and go do a math lesson on the computer on days that I may not be able to give them their full lesson. Um, and so that was really helpful too. So that, that was, it, it was nice to have something to kind of fall back on where I knew they were getting taught something. Right. Even if, you know, it wasn't from our, our main curriculum. Yeah, I remember when my kids went to the charter, they actually really enjoyed iReady as well. So it's a really cool mm-hmm. program. Yeah. So what about you, Jenny? What curriculum did you use that worked really well this year? Well, this year was a pretty successful year for us curriculum-wise. So just a little backstory. We started this school year with a charter, and then we moved out of the charter service area. And so now we are homeschooling independently for the time being. So I kind of went from a lot of workbooks at the beginning of the year to a little bit less. Um, I'm kind of trying to do a little more Charlotte Mason type stuff just for now, um, which I'm really enjoying. So I might keep up with that. But for the main subjects, so primary mathematics is a huge staple for us. I know it is for you, too. I have zero problems with it. It's the math curriculum Stacy and I always talk about as like it's just the holy grail as far as curriculums. It, it, we have no problems with it. So that's great. Um, I've been using for language arts. I've been using Explode the Code and All About Reading very consistently. Um, specifically, recently, we've been doing more Explode the Code. I was kind of trying to homeschool my first grader and TKer at like the same level and it just wasn't working with all about reading anymore. I finally had to like let them diverge. And so that one's a little harder for me to implement every day, but explode the code definitely every single day. It really helps with the phonics and handwriting, which I love. And my kids can just open it up and do it. It, that's what's so great about it. It's just, it's, that's awesome. It's really good for independent work because they don't have to read any directions necessarily. And then um, for history, just sticking with Story of the World, we finished volume one, which was very exciting, very fun. Ooh. Yeah. And so we're going to start volume two any day now. And then we've been doing read alouds for um, from the book Our Island Story, which is suggested by the Ambleside Online Charlotte Mason curriculum. For science, hmm, this one's a little trickier. So we have a KiwiCo subscription given us as a gift from a family member. So that is our science. But also, I heavily rely on my best friend, Dr. Pohl. Ooh, where do you find Dr. Pohl? <laughs> so he is on Disney+. Plus. If you, if you want some good educational TV recommendations, oh my gosh, watch Stacy's video all about Disney+. Plus because there were things on there... I spend a lot of time on Disney Plus, okay? It's basically the only streaming service I ever use. And there were things that Stacy said in that video. I was like, whoa, I need to watch that. So um, Dr. Pohl is on Disney Plus and he's a veterinarian in Michigan. Yes, Michigan. I should know that. Yes. He's my friend. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. We've watched like 11 seasons of his show and he... The kids have learned so much about animals from his show. And I, it's just, it's the best veterinary show I think I've ever seen. So, and then also, I think we I, should definitely invite him to our podcast. We should talk to him. <laughs> Are you sure you don't want Charles to guest star on our <laughs> podcast instead? 
if Charles was a veterinarian, maybe, but Dr. Pole hey, is the one we want to chat with. I would take Diane, but, uh, you know, whatever. I'll take I'll take any of the Pole family. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our science has kind of been a little bit, uh, you know, not so structured, but I actually I don't have a problem with that. We've been doing nature study outside. Um, so, yeah, not using a real formal curriculum, but it's been working out well for us. So, Stacy, I want to hear about what curriculum you did use that did not work out like you had hoped for this past school year. Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> so many. So many, Jenny. My, I mean, I'm super happy that you had such a successful year with your curriculum. You sound bitter. Mine, I, I, I guess I'm just exhausted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's more... It, and to be honest, some of it wasn't even the curriculum's fault. It was just, um, you know, you moved. I, our family also moved. And along with moving, it caused my husband to have to work more than we had like originally planned. So I was working full time. He was working practically full time. Um, you know, I was working full time from home. So that, that is, you know, a little bit easier, but it, it just caused a lot of extra stuff. So we didn't really have as much time as I had hoped. So mm-hmm. one curriculum that I, I barely even started was called Layers of Learning. And it is a history, science, geography, and art curriculum all in one. It's a unit study. I love unit studies. Well, okay. I'm starting to think that maybe I don't like unit studies as much as I think I do. Wow. I think I like the idea of unit studies. But I'm not sure. I don't know. I guess I've never just found the right one. And the biggest thing with layers of learning that was a huge turnoff to me, especially this year, was there was a lot of planning. They want you to go to the library and get books. And so, you know, this year with the libraries being shut down, I would have to like go on and reserve and like, Jenny, you're way better at the library stuff than I am. So I should have just had you do it for me. Um, But I don't even know how to go on and like reserve things. Because last time I tried, they're like, oh, this is a a different library. So I'm like, well, how long do I have to wait for it to get shipped to this library? And then I have to wait. Okay, well, that makes me feel better. But, you know, so you always have to be planning ahead to get the books you need. And I just, we were so busy with moving and all that stuff. I just did not have the extra time to plan it all out. I, I want, I, I needed things that were already prepared for me. And so, you know, all about reading, primary mathematics, the Evan Moore stuff was all there for me. So it worked. Right. Well, I was going to say, um, because you were really into the unit studies, especially when your kids were younger and you had an in-home daycare. And that's kind of where our toddler and preschool curriculum come from that we have on our website. It's very unit studies based. So I'm wondering, is it just the fact that your kids are older? Is it also the fact that they're all different ages? Like, does any of that contribute to not really using unit studies anymore? I think it it really is just the time and probably the fact that I didn't create it. Yeah, this it sounds terrible. But I mean, you know, if you've used a bunch of different curriculums, you know, like you pick things that work for your family. And so if I unit study is one of those things that um, it's hard to create a unit study, especially if you're trying to say it's for multiple ages. Like the layers of learning, they do beautifully, but you still have to prep it. it you're yeah. not going to find a unit study because, again, the layers of learning was for all ages. You would teach all of your kids at the same time, no matter if they're in high school or lower levels. You would just adjust certain activities that they would do. So I loved that about it. I think it it was really just 
extra planning and I did not have the time this year. Right. Yeah. So that was one thing. When I realized very early on that layers of learning was not going to work, I went back to some easy history and science I use study studies weekly for history and mystery science for science. Um, I, I use them here and there, but I can't, you know, I didn't use them, you know, religiously or anything like that every day. It was just kind of like, oh, like, let's do a lesson when I would have some extra time. And a lot of our history and science this year was through literature or through life experiences. So, you know, we did, we l- moved from a, city to a more rural area so the animals here have been awesome so nature study on our own property getting to look at different animals um and see them that way that would that and then we would they would come inside ask me questions we could look it up so that's kind of how we did science this year and then the last thing that um i was super excited about and i have used in the past with my other kids but it's called good morning kindergarten and i got this off of teachers pay teachers oh yeah i use and that it's too. just a, yeah and so it's just a daily uh, a daily work each day it has them write the date at the top like you know and you know for the first half of the year they trace it um and then they like there's something they have to do each day sometimes it's writing a letter sometimes it's doing a little math problem and so it's just really cute and fun but the issue I was having was just it, you have to print it out. And again, that took time and that took planning. It would come to where it's a new month and I don't have it yet. And then I wait till the next day, the next day. And then I'm like, oh, well, it's like the 15th. Maybe I'll just print the next one. Um, so I would keep forgetting. And so a lot of this is just on me where it's just like, okay, I just did not have as much time to prepare. Mm-hmm. So that's why I relied so heavily on the open and go also, the, another thing was like, because it was good morning kindergarten, my kid's only in TK, I figured, you know what, instead of trying to do this now, I'll just save it for next year when he's actually in kindergarten um, and maybe print it out ahead, maybe just print them all out or get them printed or something because um, that might make it easier. So for the time being, I used just a, um, I think it's called Big K like oh, scholastic? one of those big no not scholastic I don't think it's scholastic but it's um you can get them on Amazon or a lot of yeah. times you can find them at like Costco or Sam's Club just one of those and so he I just had him start doing one of those yeah those work just fine and um my kids kind of used on and off the uh, the brain quest workbooks which are actually pretty cool so yeah yes, those those I- workbooks are great especially for the younger ages just to kind of get their feet wet yes um so yeah that's what what didn't work for me? What was something, Jenny, since um, did you have anything that didn't work for you since so much stuff did work? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I did have a few things that didn't quite work out. I started a um, like a language arts curriculum called Lightning Literature. I started that at the very beginning of the school year, actually kind of like more the end of the summer. I got it shipped to my house from the charter school and I was so excited to use it and I genuinely love it I think it's just I got the lowest possible level it says grade one but it was still a little bit advanced for my daughter and I was kind of like oh no what did I do wrong like why is she not prepared for this well then I did some actual research and a lot of other people had said the same thing so I didn't feel too bad good yeah I, I, I mean it required a lot of like independent reading and writing and I think now she would definitely be ready for that. So um, I do plan on using it 
probably this upcoming year just to it, what I like about it is that it, it focuses on a different book per week so it just gets you kind of out of your comfort zone a little bit and I was surprised mm-hmm. at how much we actually enjoyed all the books so that was a, a really cool curriculum and I do plan on going back to it I still have it so I can still go back to it even though we did make a ton of progress I just you know I want to go back and ha- actually challenge her with it a little bit so that'll be good I also um because I started out with a charter for this past school year I really needed work samples for science um you know just observing animals at our property wasn't really cutting it so I wanted to be able to have good samples to provide and so I had used some Evan Moore science workbooks and I'm not saying that these workbooks don't teach I'm sure they do, and I'm sure they're helpful to a lot of people, but like my kids and I just found it totally boring and honestly kind of a little bit confusing. Some of the things, like it would say something, and I'm like, ooh, that's interesting, and then it just didn't give an explanation. It was very um, it was very surface level. So, I mean, I would suggest it if you just kind of need samples. Like I know a lot of Charlotte Mason families who do homeschool through a charter and they're kind of like hey how do I provide samples for this and that because a lot of Charlotte Mason is very verbal and I always suggest just get a workbook you know you can do a page every day even wouldn't be a ton of work and you'd have plenty of samples and your kids are still going to learn it just might not be you know the exact way that you were envisioning so lightning literature and the Evan Moore science workbooks were just the two things that just didn't quite make the cut for me this year. Interesting. So do you think that you will make any changes to your curriculum for next year? Yeah. So I do want to continue on this whole Charlotte Mason thing I'm doing. I kind of want to expand on it. I I have a lot of read alouds that I want to do with my kids. And I I really want to work on narration with them, which is a big Charlotte Mason concept that I quite honestly didn't really understand until very recently. So basically, I mean, just in a nutshell, narration is having kids like you read out loud to them and then or they read something on their own once they can independently read and then they narrate back to you verbally what happened. And it sounds really, really simple, but for the parent, it requires a little bit of... hmm, I don't know. (laughs) You have to really restrain yourself because you cannot interrupt them while they're narrating. And you really want them to just have the floor, be able to narrate, and then um, you can discuss after. But you really don't want to interrupt them. So it's kind of a muscle you have to flex because like what if they're narrating a story you just read with them and they're narrating it totally wrong? (laughs) Like, oh, Bob said this. And it's like, no, he didn't say that. So (laughs) It's it's something I do want to work on because I think it's really good for comprehension and critical thinking just to kind of really understand things that you are reading. I think that's something that's missing from my own education. So I would love for my kids to really strengthen that muscle. I also want to use, um, I got from the Homeschool Free Cycle Community Facebook group, I got a copy of Primary Language Lessons by Emma Searle. It's an old book from like the early 1900s. It's kind of just language arts and there's a little lesson every day that you do. So it could be as simple as, you know, choosing the correct uh, word to complete a sentence, whether it's his or her or um, this or those or these, you know, just like choosing the right word. I don't really know what the word is for like Mm -hmm. that kind of lesson. 
Or it could be something where the child has to do copy work or memorize a poem. So there's just little tiny exercises that you do every day. And I could really, I could see it being really beneficial and fitting right in with our homeschool. That's really interesting. And I want to circle back just a little bit on something you said that you mentioned how you're teaching your kids and you're kind of, you mentioned how it was something that maybe you were, you lacked in your own education. Do you find, because I, I also would probably say that um, I was really interested in science, but I don't feel like I got a really great science education. And I do feel like I do do a lot of science experiments and I'm, I'm all about science with the kids. So I just kind of wanted you to like maybe elaborate on that a bit. Like, do you find that you do teach kind of based on what you think you missed out on? Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I don't want to make this a whole Charlotte Mason episode, but when I read about the Charlotte Mason method and how it works and how you're supposed to use it and what the whole point is, I mean, it's very literature based. And as I was learning about it and I'm continuing to learn about it, it's as if like I had an epiphany. Like when I was young, the public school system isn't where I learned how to read and write and do all these things. I learned those at home because I was just surrounded by books and loved books. So I find myself really gravitating towards anything that creates that kind of environment for my kids. Because I'm telling you, I would have been a terrible student my entire life if I didn't have that initial love of literature and stories. And I want my kids to at least have that. And I know that science and math, those can come in time. And right now I'm just really focusing on just the whole reading and writing aspect of homeschool. Anyway, thank you for asking me that because that's just that's something I'm passionate about is kind of filling in the gaps from our own education. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a really big concept. We should probably just do a whole episode on that one day. I think that would be really interesting because we could both (laughs) talk for days about that, I'm sure. But um, yeah. Yeah. So Stacey, do you have any changes that you will be making for curriculum for this next school year? Yeah. So again, I'm kind of not in love with my history and science curriculum. Again, one day I might go back to layers of learning, um, but my husband kind of wants to help out next year with the science. So we went to a local homeschool store around here and I was able to kind of show him, you know, here's some different ones we could do, what sounds interesting to you and all of that. That's a great and date idea. On, oh, it kind of actually, no, it was a date. The homeschool store had a curriculum called Real Science Odyssey. And that was kind of the one we gravitated towards. So we ended up buying that um, after researching a little bit more. I had known about it a little bit. Um, but after researching more, I also found that they have a history odyssey, which... Ooh. So this is something else that I was talking about with some other homeschoolers lately, how there are so many curriculums out there, but you will find a lot of similarities between a lot of them. So this history odyssey reminds me a little bit of story of the world just in how I'm, you know, it starts in ancient times. So it goes like chronologically. Um, I also, what was a more recent one that also reminded, oh, The Layers of Learning is another one that kind of reminded me. I, I 
learned about Story of the World first. Um, I don't know why I haven't jumped on that bandwagon. I hear nothing but good things about it. I know. It's kind of like just... me with all about reading. I like resisted it for so long. And then I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, I'm surprised you haven't used Story of the World either. It's really easy to use. Yeah, I, I don't know why either. And I, I wish I could tell people what, but I... I don't know. There's kind of this thing, um, I, just like for a moment on Story of the World, because I know I mentioned it earlier, but um, I I love it. I recommend it to anyone. It's interesting, though, because it's probably the easiest curriculum for me to use, but I, I don't find myself getting very excited about it. It's not flashy. It's not like beautiful. It's not exciting, which is, is really strange because I love it. I have nothing but good things to say about it. So I don't know. Maybe that's just the vibe you're picking up on. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what it is. I think like you said, it's just, it seems a little dry to me. It doesn't excite me. And if something doesn't excite me, then I can't see myself using it. So yeah, so I, I may look into the History Odyssey because it's by the same uh, company that does the Real Science Odyssey, but we got it and we're not going to, but we got it for like next year to kind of try out. Um, so hopefully we like those. I'll let everybody know how that goes. I would love um, to hear because those sound very cool. Yes. And so I am excited. Oh, and then another fun thing is the History Odyssey. We haven't purchased it yet because they do have like a free sample online of the first lesson. So I definitely wanted to give that a try before I went and purchased it. Like we mentioned in our curriculum podcast, if you can find a sample, definitely try before you buy because it'll save you a lot of money right. in the long run. So lastly, um, I'm kind of adding different curriculum, um, but not... So I'm kind of adding different subjects. Um, We went ahead and got Spelling Workout. It's a pretty fairly popular spelling workbook. They're very good if they can sound it out. They can spell words, but it's the weird spelling. Have you looked into like all about spelling? Because I know you're passionate about all about reading. So I was curious if you knew anything about all about spelling. Oh, did I? That could be another one that I nixed. I think I might have said that I was going to do that this year. Oh. Um, because I was able to borrow from our charter school um, the All About Spelling, and I was going to try it out. But again, time got away from me. Lastly, I really wanted to, um, in the next year, focus on writing. So that's kind of why spelling came in t- into play as well. Um, next year, I will have a third grader. Because we are with the public charter school, my third grader will be doing state testing. And part of state testing is um, a performance task where he will be required to write for the English portion. So I want to just make sure that he's prepared for that and can do well and not have to struggle with it. So that is going to be one big goal. So now that we've talked about curriculum and we've got that covered, another thing that a lot of people probably had changed, especially this year, were their schedule and activities. So I kind of want to talk a little bit, Jenny, about what your typical schedule is, and then we can talk about any changes in just a minute. Okay, so my typical homeschool schedule is doing everything in the morning, right before or sorry right after breakfast and um so this ends up working out because I work really early and so I'm able to take my lunch around the time my kids are either eating breakfast or right after so it works out beautifully most days if everyone including myself are not feeling unruly so um we usually do since my kids are a little bit younger um we usually only do I mean an hour or two 
per day. It just depends on kind of what the curriculum is calling for that day, uh, how much they have to also practice their piano. And then we're done definitely before lunch. So my kids can have maybe a little bit of free time before lunch and definitely a ton of free time after lunch. Unless we didn't finish everything, then they have to kind of get caught up later before we can do anything like listening to an audiobook or watch Dr. Pole. So yeah, that's that's definitely typical. Um, that's kind of what we've been sticking to. What about you, Stacy? What is your typical homeschool schedule look like? Since I'm able to work from home, I can kind of move any of my work meetings or appointments to the afternoon. Um, Not always, but from week to week, I might have to change things up a little bit. But most of the time, I try to do them in the afternoon. So I try to do school in the morning. And mostly because that's when my children are most productive. It's easy to just wake up, have breakfast, start school, and just get into that routine. So my goal is to homeschool in the morning, you know, 8 to 11 is going to be school and then they have a little bit of free time while I'm cooking lunch and then we have lunch and we can just be done with school all by lunch. Cool. So did you find that your schedule changed at all this past year? There were some days where work was just crazy and I would have to do things in the mornings. So, I mean, my kids could still do school, you know, the morning work. There were those certain things, like I mentioned earlier, that were, you know, these things have to get done. But it, because we didn't, I didn't have as much time sometimes, we weren't able to get as much of the science or any of that done. So we would rely, uh, we did a lot of our science after lunch or after I got off work and didn't have to do any more meetings or phone calls or anything like that. So it was really interesting just to see how a lot of our core work would get done in probably a couple hours in the morning. And um, so not quite the three, so maybe just one or two, kind of like your family does, Jenny. Mm -hmm. But then in the afternoons is when we kind of did that student-led learning. How about you, Jenny? Did your schedule change at all this year? Yeah, so I, midway through this school year, also around the same time that I started homeschooling independently without a charter, I actually started working full time. And luckily, like you, it's from home and my job will actually indefinitely be from home. So it's never going to change in that way. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to have a job. Um, our kind of our circumstances kind of changed because of COVID. So I definitely needed to start working again because I was staying at home before. So um, yeah, homeschool, the time for homeschool really kind of got compressed into that just like one hour that I'm on my lunch. So that's why I say like it only takes us an hour kind of because it has to. So I got to make sure everyone is fully ready and willing to do their work and got to get them motivated every day. So in that way, yes, it did change, but I'm actually not that mad about it, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, teach me your ways. I mean, some days it's like, my kids got morning work done. I'm like, how is that the only, how have you just done two little workbook pages? Like, I don't get it. Trust me, Um, I have one child that I really have to just like hover over because otherwise every thought that comes into this child's head will just pour out instead of doing their schoolwork. So (laughs) it takes a long time, but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm on my lunch and I'm focused on that thing. So, I mean, it's kind of exhausting because I just realized I don't really take a lunch in the sense of like, oh, actually resting or taking a break. But I do I do like just getting everything done in the morning just so in the afternoon we can just chill. Yeah. I mean, and I, I honestly don't even know what lunch breaks are. I can't remember 
like ever having to, like I got annoyed sometimes when I was required to take lunches. I'm like, but if I could just work through lunch, then I can get off sooner and then have have food then. But right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a topic for another day. Yeah. That's just us trying to take on the world. You know, we're changing things. One homeschooled child at a yeah. time. <laughs> yes. So speaking of which, um, lots of homeschool children were really bummed this year because they were not getting to go out and have activities Mm -hmm. like they normally do. I mean, that was kind of the big meme all over the internet was, you know, everybody jokes about, you know, homeschool kids aren't socialized and all this stuff. And now COVID hits and all these homeschoolers are just shocked because now they don't get to go do anything that they used to go do. So this year, were you able to add any activities into your schedule? Yeah, so just recently, because we were going to start doing something, I think in the fall, but then there was like another resurgence of the virus. And so things got Mm -hmm. shut down again. (laughs) Because I was, you know, all summer, I'm like, okay, great, this is great. In the fall, we can start doing things. And then yeah, didn't happen. So now just recently, um, my girls have started taking some music classes, specifically uh, piano which has been really, really cool. And um, I mean, selfishly, the coolest thing about it to me is that I'm actually learning how to read sheet music now, which I never knew how to do. I'm mildly musically capable, but learning how to read sheet music is uh, like a whole, it's like a game changer. So, um, well, and on that note of you being musical, I wanted everyone to know that if you didn't already The little ditty at the beginning of our intro is played by none other than Jenny. Yes, it's me. It's not Jack Johnson on ukulele. So, yep, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) We couldn't, you know, pay the money that would require an actual professional. But doesn't it sound professional? Okay, if you think that our little intro was some sort of like stock music, email us or follow us on Instagram and message us and let us know Hey, Jenny, I thought it sounded professional because I did when she sent it to me. I mean, I knew she was going to be recording it, but I was just like shocked. I'm like, wow. Thank you. That's all very sweet. I really appreciate that. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, so piano has been really, really cool. Um, The piano teacher like has a there's a book that they go off of to teach them how like how to play the piano. But then there's also I think this is really cool. She also has like a workbook for the kids. So especially for kids my kids' ages, so they're, you know, five and six or whatever, however old they are, they still need that kind of like hands-on thing because with um, reading sheet music, you need to know notes. So that's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I mean, young kids, you know, my five-year-old's age might not even know their letters or how to write them or read them yet. I mean, my five-year-old does for the most part. But so in the workbook, it goes over the notes. It goes over their positions on the uh, piano. It goes over like how to play something, like what mood or um, I think it's called dynamic to play it in. So it goes over all that symbology that you see in sheet music that if you didn't know it, you'd be like, uh, what is that? And it's it's interesting because I feel like it's kind of using those same skills that kids are using to read and write. So I find it really tying in well when we are also doing Explode the Code. 
it just like the two just are like I don't know what the a comparison would be like cookies and milk they just go together so perfectly um but piano is also one of those things that I can kind of push it back to the afternoon when I don't have to sit next to them for it and they can still do it as long as they're comfortable enough with the piece that they're working on uh what about you Stacy did were you able to do any activities um in your homeschool this year for our family we weren't able to really do much um, again, we're with a charter, so things just now kind of started opening up to where schools could start doing activities. Um, and I was having a hard time trying to figure out what we wanted them to do, what we didn't. Um, and because it's so late in the year, I, I know we still have a couple months, but with the charters, if you want to do something, you kind of have to sign up now Um if you want to be able to participate. And I didn't want to go through all the work and trouble to register the kids for stuff. And then summer would come. And we actually were hoping to do some traveling and we're actually going to be really busy this summer since we couldn't be really busy last summer. So I didn't want to continue doing any, you know, activities through the summer. So I was just like, ah, it's a lot of effort just for uh, like a, a month and a half to have them do something. And then I was sure that, you know, they would be so excited to get to do stuff again and then they would have to stop for summer. Um, so I just didn't want that kind of disappointment. Um, not that children should not be exposed to disappointment. It was just <laughs> kind of, you know, I didn't want to have to worry about that really. So we will definitely be starting up full force in the fall. So one thing we were able to do this year um, was I, towards the end, I went ahead, things were finally starting to open back up, so I asked the boys if they wanted to learn an instrument. Um, my older two decided they wanted to do guitar, and my youngest, um, when I was looking into guitar, they were saying that he was a little bit young to start trying guitar and probably start with a piano and, like you said, learn, you know, what notes are, learn music, you know, sheet music, and just get an understanding for music theory with the piano. That's been working out really great just to have them get to do something. And it's something new that we haven't done all year. So it's been been a lot of fun. Ooh, that is cool. I love guitar. So I highly recommend anyone learn how to play it that is excited about it. <laughs> uh, so what changes do you want to make next year then to your homeschool schedule? I want my word for the year not to be solitary. Um, <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. So lots of extracurriculars are in our future. We have been cooped up for far too long. I also don't want to overdo it. So probably just going back to some of the old activities we used to do and trying to get back into a few things here and there. But um, I would love to get them back in their uh, Ninja Warrior class that they really enjoyed. And it was just fun. Like they got to climb all over everything. It was awesome. Um and continue with music and hopefully like more music. I would love to get them into a choir class next year. And I don't know, maybe one more thing. I don't know. We'll see what we have time for in our schedule next year <laughs> yeah, and what next year holds. Uh, I think you're um, very excited to be with other people. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So the only other thing that I really want to change to our schedule next year, and I may start to try to get this started before next year, but getting into a little bit of a better morning routine, um, you know, we have kind of the schedule of how we have breakfast and then get straight into school. 
But um, I feel like ever since daylight savings time, we've been all wonky. Like we're getting up a lot later than we than I normally try to. I know I try to do what I call Miracle Morning is a book by Hal Elrod. We've mentioned it before, but it's just basically the idea is to get up before everybody else so that you have kind of that time for yourself. Um, and whether that just be like a little bit of exercise or just drink a cup of coffee and plant, you know, look at your schedule, whatever it is. But I find that I'm more productive if I can be up before my kiddos. So trying to get back into that, um, and especially for next year, because if I'm already up and making breakfast before they even wake up, then we can probably, we can save like an hour to our entire day. Yeah, I like that idea, um, but never in my life until recently when I started working did I ever wake up before my kids because I just couldn't make it happen. So I like <laughs> I like that you're being mindful about that because I think it's hard for people, including myself. Yeah, so how about you? What changes do you want to make for next year? Well, it's hard to say. I don't know like how long in the long run I will be working this schedule. I don't know how long my husband will be working his wild and wacky work schedule as well. So I guess I would love for more consistency because, you know, I outlined my typical schedule, but that's kind of just like the average. Um, Some days I only have time for a quick 10 minute lesson. So I kind of have to prioritize which subject we tackle that day. Or there are days where we just don't do it at all. Any homeschool lessons for the day. And that's normal with homeschooling, but it still doesn't make it hurt any less because I just, I don't like getting off track like that. So I definitely want more consistency. I also want, because I'm trying to do this whole Charlotte Mason thing and follow the Ambleside online curriculum, which I love, But it just requires, especially for kids my kids' ages, it requires a lot of time for read-alouds within your family. So before my kids are reading independently, I've got to do all that for them, which I have no problem doing for the most part if I had the time, but I just quite simply do not. So instead of, you know, prioritizing watching TV, even Dr. Pohl, I mean, we're going to run out of episodes at some point anyway, but instead of watching TV (laughs) or like running errands in the evening, I would really love to be able to just like spend that time reading these um, history and literature books that I think we would all really enjoy. So I'm trying to do that. I would love to do that. So that's kind of my goal for next school year. Awesome. So kind of winding down now, what would you say after having this really weird, crazy year, uh, you know, knowing that a lot of our listeners are also experiencing this crazy year and probably related to a lot of the things that we had mentioned already. But what is kind of any like what's the final takeaway you want people to kind of think about um, after hearing about your schedule? OK, so, yeah, I have a lot to say on this. Pretty much everything changed in our lives and I really had to get creative and flexible with how homeschooling was going because I, I it would not be possible to do homeschool the way I was doing it before with my new schedule. And homeschool is really like one of the highest things on my priority list. I mean, other than like the safety and health of my family, I mean, homeschool comes like right underneath that. I I love homeschooling. <laughs> I genuinely love it. Like I'm not one of these parents who complains about how much time it takes or that it's a lot of work. I love it. And I know you do too, Stacy. Yes. And 
it's also just, I think, incredibly important. So I've just had to prioritize it. I've had to make the room in my life for it. And it's been working out okay. But um, yeah, I just, I had to make it work. And we have been. So I'm really, really happy with just how much progress has been made. Yeah, I love how the end of the year allows us to like reflect um, and really take the time to say, oh, look, like my child did learn something Um, because on a day to day basis and everybody has, you know, their homeschool ups and downs. And sometimes, you you know, your your ups might be for a long time. Your downs might be for a month. Like, I don't you know, you might just feel really unmotivated and feel like nothing is happening. But then when you get to take a look at your entire year, even a crazy year like this for myself, where, you know, a lot of changes happened and I did, there are, there were times where I would wonder, am I doing enough? Are my kids learning enough? Like, you know, maybe we could have squeezed in a few more lessons. Like had I just been, you know, had I gotten up earlier or whatever. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure on homeschool moms, especially because you are teaching them 100%. You can't say, oh, well, why didn't you learn this in school or anything like that? It, all of that comes back to you um, and your spouse or family or whoever is teaching your children. But um, just being able to review and, and look at the progress. I encourage you, if you are feeling like you didn't do enough this year or things were just really crazy, um, really take a look back because it wasn't until Jenny and I were preparing for this podcast that I started thinking back about our year and where my kids were at the beginning of the year to where they are now. Had you asked me just really quick off the cuff, did your children learn this year? Before I thought about it, I would have been like, probably not as much as they should have. But after really reviewing and reflecting, I, I did realize like, wow, my kids have actually learned a lot. And there's some things I don't know how they even learned them because we didn't teach them out of a book. You know, so there's so much like curriculum can only take you so far, but there is a lot of that learning through everyday life and experiences and everything like that. So if you are like I was not too long ago where you felt like you just totally failed this year and could have totally done better and should have done better or whatever the case may be, take a look back at where your kids were and how much they have progressed. And I think you'll be surprised. Yeah, I love that. I I think that's really good advice. And I think that's why it's good to reflect on the past school year. You know, I have to create kind of a report card or or progress report type thing. And I actually enjoy doing Mm -hmm. that because it's really encouraging. So I completely agree with you. Well, I think that wraps it up. Do you think so too, Stacey? Yes, I think we have reviewed our year fully. Yeah, this is a great postmortem. And um, I'm just enjoying homeschooling as usual. I'm enjoying life and I'm enjoying podcasting with you too, Stacey. Yes, this is definitely so much fun. Um, and we enjoy connecting with you guys as well, listening in. We want to know from you as well, like what did you, what are your big takeaways from this year? It being so crazy. Um, reach out to us through email at kidslearningforlife at gmail.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, We even have a Facebook group. We'd love to see you join that. It's called the Kids Learning for Life Homeschool Group. So we'd love to hear your experiences as well. Um, We really wish that this um, podcast would allow us to like have people like chime in here. Um, So we could really chat with you guys. But so 
Find us in other places and we would love to connect even more. Yeah, that's probably our favorite part about doing any of this stuff, whether it's on YouTube or here on the podcast. So I completely agree. And I will make sure that we have links to all of those places you can find us in the show notes so that you never feel alone in your homeschool journey. (laughs) All right. So I think it's time for you, Stacey, to say the final words of the podcast. See you next time. Beautiful.